This episode of the podcast is sponsored by the Torah Suites newsletter. What do you get when you combine great humor with fascinating Torah insights, amazing stories, fascinating quotes, practical halacha, and thought-provoking musr? You get one of the fastest-growing Torah newsletters in the world, the Torah Suites Weekly, a smorgasbord of Torah content perfect for the Shabbos table and the whole family, and is absolutely free of charge. Just email torahsuites at gmail.com. That's T-O-R-A-H. S-W-E-E-T-S at gmail.com today to start receiving the Torah newsletter everyone is raving about. And I will put that information in the show's notes as well where you can check it out. To sponsor an episode on the podcast, which as I've said a number of times is $360, you can email me, nachi at svarmchatter.com or svarmchatter at gmail.com, whichever you prefer. Um, if you want to just support it, the podcast in any way, um, there is a link in the show's notes via PayPal and you can also Zelle, QuickPay, the podcast, Chatter at gmail.com. And thank you to all of those who have subscribed and rated the podcast, especially on Apple Podcast and on Spotify. And as I mentioned a number of times, it is available on 24-6. Uh, also available on Nucky Radio. I think you have to add it online, but I should mention that as well. As well as any other um, podcast platform, uh, which is their number of um wherever you listen. I know, uh, actually, I should just mention this here. Some listeners have complained that they listen on Podbean and it takes some time to load there. I'm not sure why that is. Um, on my end, it's uploaded. I don't know why it takes time, so I can look into that. But uh, sometimes it takes some time to hit Podbean. But uh, wherever, Google Podcasts, etc., wherever you listen, if you can subscribe, rate if they have that option, review if you're able to, and uh, enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Farm Chatter Podcast. On this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be joined by Yehuda Ezrael, who recently published a Sefer Zikaron titled Pnei Moshe, Le'ilinishmas' father, Ramosha Yitzchak Ezrael, uh, and we'll be discussing the Sefer and the uh, some very interesting Torah and uh, letters and different, various different things. There's actually an entire Parsha about, uh, you know, an episode meaning about the uh, get ep- controversy that happened in Atlanta almost 100 years ago. A lot of letters from manuscript that were never printed. Very fascinating. And we'll get into that a little bit later as well. So thank you, Yehuda, for joining me and actually joining me once again on the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me, Nafi. <clears throat> First time was a little bit anonymous, but um, this, is, uh, this is when we're going public. Yeah, the first time was, uh, if listeners will remember, or if you haven't checked it out, was uh, like, I think it was the one year anniversary of the podcast. And uh, we met in the J2 Pizza in Lakewood, and it was that day. And you're like, we should go, we should, you should do something. It's one year anniversary. So we just uh, hopped on a podcast together. You interviewed me. I think it was the only time, the time I was like interviewed. No, it was the only one that hadn't been interviewed yet on the podcast. So that was the basic thinking. That's right. And you were anonymous at that point. So that old episode, it is you, Dazrael. Um, okay, so, so let's. So, Let's start off. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your background. Um, okay, so I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, which is uh, the subject of a lot of the safer. My family's been there for a very long time. And Bikitzer, I learned in Eretz Yisrael and Taras Moshe, Tomo, as some people know it. And I've been in Base Medrash Kavoa College for several years now. Um, and that is more or less my biography. Okay, now let's talk about the, this safer Zakar and, and your father. Um, I, you talk about we can do kind of both together because yeah, they really I'll go together. Jump in. Okay, fine. So my family lived in Atlanta for a very long time. My father, Allah Shalom, was a was a product of the community. My grandparents um, were early members of Beth Jacob. Rabbi Emanuel Feldman was Makar of them in the early '60s, I think. And um, and my father and his brothers grew up in the community through the schools that were founded by Rabbi Feldman and the other people involved in the community. Um, he went up to yeshiva 
learned in a place called BMT in Eretz Yisrael, I think now turned into Torah Traga. He learned Shalavim, and then he went to Neri Yisrael where he spent a bunch of years, um, and uh, that was his primary place of learning. And from there, he moved on to, he was in New York for several years, he was in school. Um, he was close to many Tamil Chacham in New York at the time, specifically Rabbi Emanuel Geninger was the, the Rav in Manhattan, Young Israel, the West Side. And eventually he got married and moved back to Atlanta and was involved in a family business that he managed. Um, and just as, a, as an individual in the community, he's one of the only people in the community at that time, I guess in the early 90s, who was a, uh, a yeshiva-educated uh, balabas. He wasn't paid to do kirv, or he wasn't a chinuch, and nothing, uh, no formal rabbinic training. Um, but in his role in the community, he was very involved in learning people, giving shiurim. He was a shalmeshav in the kol for a while, and just a person whose entire life revolved around his learning. Um, he was fascinated by basically just about everything. I mean, he, he um, a fascinated person could talk to anybody um, about anything and everything. Um, he was fascinated in in in, in the mathematical sugyas and kedushah and the dateline and in in lashonos and targumim and all sorts of sugyas. Um, Tamiya Mikra, very like niche things, also regular things. He's into Machshava, he's into Halacha. And um, his, his, his life was involved in, in, in his family and in, in the community institutions and in learning. You know, on a regular day, he would, uh, uh, I would say that routine is not so much part of uh, my family's blood, but um, my father would, you know, if during Dabbing happened to open up a Sefer and got engaged in some sort of Sugya, he might end up sitting there for an hour after Dabbing before going off to work and then coming back two hours later to check something up again. Um, routinely, he would fall asleep at night with the sefer. Um, when Tamid Chacham Rosh Hashiva's Mishulachim would come to town, my father used it as an opportunity to to speak and learning with them. And uh, he was a person that really lived through his learning um, and everything. I mean, um, not just Torah, even secular books. And uh, he had a tremendous library. Um, people are always borrowing Swarm. I think some people still owe us some Swarm. If you're out there, you could send them back at some point. Um, and uh, tremendous thirst for learning. Um, he was, he was an Adam Yashar involved in, in many of the, in the finances of a lot of institutions and in running and even starting some institutions. And, um, yeah, so that's about my father. And I guess I'll move on now to how the saver came into being. I want, I want to jump in though, that, uh, our mutual friend, uh, Ravelli Maricon, uh, I obviously hear from him about your father, that your father was a big uh, purchaser of Svarim from him. And uh, you, you told me that you even have a lot of those receipts from him. I really, I, I, you know, I told you this. I'll tell you this on the podcast. I really think you should have printed it in the safe. I wanted want to see those receipts. Yeah. I mean, someone in Atlanta was buying tens of hundreds of svarim. You know, he was a real, like you say, you had, he had a big library. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I found recently a file, like I was telling you, a file of all of his receipts. And not just receipts. He was always inquiring about new svarim. In Atlanta, you can't really get svarim. So he was always in contact with Ellie Mayer and some other people. Um, trying to find out what's new out there, what do they have on this Masaf, on this topic, and Elmer would send them lists and lists of Swarm. My father would say, okay, I'll take the first half of those or something. Or, um, and uh, anytime we went to, you know, what we call up north, Baltimore, uh, Lakewood, New York, my father would go to the Swarm store and just order like a box, fill up a box and have them ship it down. And um, yeah, so that's about this farm. Um, fine. So anyways, so it was about 10 years ago, my father was nifter very suddenly. And ever since then, my family's done different projects to commemorate his memory. Um, at the beginning, we, we would write English to every Torah. We'd send out an email every week. There was a weekly email list that went out. Um, eventually, we published like several English books of these different Torah. Um, we bring in speakers from time to time on the art set usually. And um, different little things that we'd, we'd done as a family. And I had this dream at some point that I wanted to... I, I felt like 
we've we've done a lot, but I thought we we didn't fully do justice to to I know, justice is the word, but we there was something more fitting that I wanted to do for my father that I thought that that I thought would really uh, present who he was and be like a real uh, like a matseva to who he was, and I, I thought that we could only do that if there was something that could be found in a base medrash which. Um, which would uh, be a zikar to my father. My father was a constant fixture in the coal based medicine in Atlanta, in the back table, close to the swarm. There's always a stack of swarm around him. And um, I wanted to put out a safer. So I wasn't sure how to go about that. And I'm still not sure how to go about that. But it's obviously a tremendous amount of siyat tushmai that went into this. So I, I called my brothers and I said, we could all put together some shtikloch. Um, let's, let's, you know, everyone's in yeshiva, like write up a chabura, maybe we could put together countries. And um, that's how it started. So, you know, I was convincing them to put stuff together. And then once I was putting things together, it's like, let's, let's see what else we can do. Um, so I don't remember exactly the sequence of how things developed, but um, I remember the, the, there was a coal in Atlanta a couple of years ago. It's not open anymore, but they had put out a safer from their coal. And they put together, they put at the beginning a shtickle tire from the old rub in Atlanta, Tavi Geffen, who's famous as the Coca-Cola rabbi. And I was like, well, if they could get something, so let me try to get something too. So this is the back burner. I was going to try to find something from the Geffen. And I started looking out to other things. Um, I, I sent an email to my father's close chaverim. A lot of them are in learning, Rosh some people are Balabatim. And uh, just to pitch the idea, if anyone would put in a shtickle, we're going to put out a little country from my father's yard site. It's the 10th yard site this past summer. And um, I got some positive feedback. So a couple of people said they'll send stuff in. Um, people kept asking me, what's the topic of the safer? And I was kind of stuck because I was like, I'm not going to get 30 people, 20 people to write on one topic. Um, and then one of my father's friends, David Spetner, who's Rosh Kol in Cincinnati, he called me up and he said, I can't write a shtickle for you, but I have Ha'aras and Maseches Kalim on the Rav and Maseches Kalim. If you're willing to print that, then, then I could give that to you. So first I'm thinking, like, what am I going to do with Ha'aras and Maseches Kalim? And then it occurred to me that my father's fascination in Torah wasn't limited to one subject. It was kind of, it was very broad, like everything appealed to him. So if I wanted to really commemorate my father in a meaningful way, I wouldn't limit the safer to one specific topic because people would think that that's what he was into. You know, there was so much that, that he was all about. Um, people describe my father as an Isha Shkolos. So I figured I could put out a safer Hashkolos, a safer Hashkolos. We could, we could include everything in it. So, um, so I took his hours. And then from there, it, um, it, it grew in, in, in Baruch Hashem. So um, should we talk about stuff in the safer? What's, what's, where should we go from here? Yeah, just to be clear, you say it grew, you know, your initial plan was to have a, a Kuntris, and now the Sefer is uh, 600 pages. So it, kind of, it really grew into a very large work with a lot of different things. I, I think, I mean, I think you kind of addressed this, but I think something that you, you told me you're asked a lot, and this is something that I would ask you is, like, what's the process of putting together? How do you get the material? Is, is that literally where you're just emailing a lot of your father's friends or other Rashi Yeshiva Rabbanim? Was it looking in archives? How, how do you go, before you even talk about the, actual taichan, I think it's interesting. A Sefer Zikaran, which is like you're saying, it's almost like a journal. You're putting together lots of different random materials, so to speak, in a good way. So, like, what's the process for that? How does one go about finding... And again, like, we'll talk about here, you have things from kind of people today, Rabbanim today, you have things from, you know, Rabbanim of yesteryear, and you have, like, manuscripts. What's that process like? Yeah. So, um, it was a process that I was not familiar with before, and, uh, I, you know, I spoke to different people. I probably spoke to you, I spoke to Eleanor Cohen, I spoke to our friend Yassel Hausman, and everyone had a different piece of advice. Not everything coincided with what people were telling me, but I, um, I decided first that it's not going to be, you know, people writing on different topics. So I'm going to have a, a, a Schmeitzer section, regular sugyas and halacha. And then also I wanted to do agarata. People wanted to write about agarata. So I decided we'll have agarata as well. Um, and that's all from contemporary people. So I reached out again to my father's friends. I reached out to different family members. 
Um, and I started broadening my search a little bit. Um, people that I didn't know well, and maybe didn't know my father well, but people that I had shaykhs to, and I figured that I could get something out of. So um, I'm just trying to think where I, where I went from there. Um, the different yeshivas that I knew that had you know passed through Atlanta and stayed in our house, and Rabbi Yerucham Olshin had a shaykhs, and uh, Herschel Zolti from the Mir Yeshiva in Brooklyn, I knew had a shaykhs. Um, and different people my father hadn't been in touch with maybe in a couple of decades that had learned in Baltimore. Um, I was able to get stuff from them. And slowly the, the tsura started developing. I remember I went to Ali Zayas because I, I, I'd seen Ali Zayas products and I'd spoken to Rish a couple of times in the past. And uh, I liked the way they do things. So I told him I'm putting out a contest with my father. So he said, okay, call me in six months when you have something to put together. So I, I left and I just started doing things by myself. I, I would send him stuff to edit and to type, but I didn't... Um, you know, we, we weren't in touch so much, and he wasn't so on top of it because there wasn't much to come of it. Um, my father's very close to Shragi Nuberger in Baltimore. So I called him. He was busy putting out a safer. So I said, maybe you'll send us a simon from your safer. We're going to come out first, and, and it'll be like a little preview. And uh, so he sent me something. As it turns out, his safer was published first, but Shine, it's in there. Um, and I, um, I, several Rebbe Maneri Israel also were gracious to give stuff. While I was doing this, I, I was talking to a friend of mine, Eric Israel, and he said, he said, why don't you get stuff from Ravuderman? And I said, sure, how? So he said, call this guy in, in Baltimore. He, he deals with all the Ksavim and, and see if he gives you anything. So I, I made a cold call. I didn't know who he was. Um, I didn't expect to get anything. But he said, I have five, six letters. Khtam um, never published before. Most of the letters were written to his nephew, Rav Nacham Rabinovich, and He said, you're welcome to take them. He also has a letter from Ritzikhe Zachfrank writing Ha'aris on Davari Salivah from Ravuderman and Ravuderman's response. And I was like, I could just have it. He said, yeah, sure. So he sent me everything. And uh, I think maybe I sent it to Ali Zayas. And, and I was like, let's, let's, let's start typing this up. And we started going through that. Um, there's a Rish Chabur in BMG, Shmuel Shayyafi, I'm close to. And uh, I asked him if he would give me something from himself. But then he mentioned his grandfather-in-law, David Kronglas, was Mashkech in Israel. And he has a whole stack. One day he calls me up because I come to my house very quickly. He hands me a stack of letters um, from David Kronglas. David Kronglas, when he was in Shanghai, he put together a safer on Zerim. I think it's called Divrei David. And he published it, I think it was several years later. But when he printed it, all this Chaver and the Altamirs and different Rashivas in America all sent in Haaris. And the family never did anything with it. So he said, you're welcome to use whatever you want. So that's a, we have a fat section of David Kronglas letters. Um, another interesting thing. Oh, this was a random Hashkach. Uh, I was very close to this. And, and I want to jump in before you get to the next part. Then, you know, you just have to downplay the letter. You talk about Altamiris. And there's a lot of really, you know, who's who that have letters together with. There's a Baruch Sorotskin tells, Ramadich Gifter, Rishmol Brudni, Rabbi Baxt, Rabbi Salberger, there's a Rafaim Greenblatt, Rishmael Shulman. We'll talk about there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of really interesting letters. And you say like, um, uh, fat section. It's about uh, forty pages, so there yeah. is uh, there's a lot there. Yeah, thirty some, forty pages. Yeah. And and like most of these letters, there's some good personal nuggets in there as well. So for people that aren't holding in the suggies, you could also skim through them. Um, another thing, I was uh, uh, at the time, I think about when I began working on the safer. So uh, there was a Yid Tamachacham Lekeder Shmayo Shulman who was nifter. I had a relationship with him, and I I, I meant at one point I wanted to get something from him. I don't know if I could ask him, he's already wasn't well. I was going to maybe ask his children if they had anything from him that I could print. Um, my father also ironically knew him. And um, as I was somehow, as I was thinking about this, I saw online um, our good friend Yaakov Jamal, the Jewish bookery, has been revealed now. Um, he had posted that he, he once bought a used copy of the Meshachachma, an old copy, I think it was a first print Meshachachma, and it had an Aris, anonymous Aris on, on almost every page or frequent Aris throughout the Sefer. And he said he looked through them and, and it looks like a Tom Chacham wrote them. And later on, um, he discovered that this was the copy of Rishmael Shulman. 
Um, that itself is a story because his name wasn't in the front. And um, he was trying to figure out who's, uh, who's safer is this. He saw on the back, on the back cover, there was a stamp. Someone named Sidney Shulman from uh, some, some bank in Manhattan had a stamp in the back, but he figured that was just uh, some salesperson. So he, had, he showed it to um, another uh, podcast frequent, the Ramoshi Maimon. And Ramoshi Maimon looked at the safer without seeing the stamp in the back. He says, this must be Shmario Shulman's safer. And he said, oh, that's Sidney Shulman from the back of the saver. How do you know? And he said, it just, it just makes sense. So I called Maishi Maimon. It's like, how do you know this? He said, I don't know. Hashara. It seemed like it. But anyways, I reached out to Yaakov Jamal to see if, first I wanted to buy the saver. Uh, he didn't want to sell the saver, but he said he could come take a look at it. So I went to Brooklyn um, and I went to the saver and it occurred to me that we could do something with this. So I scanned the whole saver and uh, could be, I went back a couple of times to do that. And over the next couple of months, um, I went through the horrors. I, I transcribed as much of it as I could. Um, and then again, different people were able to uh, uh, decipher some of his writing. Um, and that actually, I sent it to Rabbi Shimano, it's an Ali Zayas, who sent it to one of his people who added elaborate, extensive horrors on the bottom. Um, so that's another nice feature of the Sefer. By the way, once we're talking about Yaakov Jamal, who a friend and uh, yeah. Listener of the podcast, and I will, you know, mention anyone that needs looking for antiques and looks for a dealer that they want to purchase things from should reach out to him. Um, so I just want nice. to give, give him a shout out over here, and that's a very interesting um, thing over there. And you have you have other letters and other things from Rishmael Shulman as well. So you have a, a yeah. bunch of stuff from him. Yeah, randomly a few things fell into my uh, into my lap. Uh, my father, as I mentioned, he was close to this with Emmanuel Geninger in the West Side. So he has a son here in Lakewood, River Fall Geninger, or Shishiva here. So I called him also just to see if he had anything from his father. I thought it'd be nice to have something from, from his father in the safer. So he gave me a nice correspondence of a Geninger with Ernest and Alpert um, about Zahir Siyaz was trying. As I was at his house and he's flipping through letters, so kind of a letter fell out of his stack. And he said, oh, you're not interested in this. This is a letter which my Shulman wrote to my grandfather, Rabbi Riff. And I said, I'm very interested in that. And he's like, okay, sure, whatever you want. So I put that in also. And oh, there was also the, the chrome glass letter was in there also. Oh, and Rishmuel Shayafi from Lakewood also told me he had a correspondence with Rishmael Shulman, so I put that in as well. Um, another thing, oh, sorry, uh, Rabbi Gelberth and Flappers was actually very, very uh, helpful with the Sefer. So he mentioned to me early on, before I knew that I was putting together the whole Sefer, I thought it was just a country. So he mentioned that he has letters from Rishmael Fisher. He said, if you, if, if, if you think it's something that you'd be interested in, I could try to work out that you could put them in. So first, I can't believe it, but I brushed them off. I said, I don't think that's what I'm looking for. It's not, it's not my thing. No, it's a family Sefer. What, what Shaifas? But as I was picking up steam, I was like, no, I want those letters. I called him back. I said, is the offer still open? And he said, yeah, sure. So he gave me, I think it's five, six letters, fascinating letters. Um, yeah, again, you get how big a Tamachachim is from the letters, but it also uh, the obscure masculine topics. He, uh, he addresses a number of other things. If you want to... Yeah, we should mention some of those things because I think that would be a lot of, a lot of interest to the, to the listeners um, if you want to discuss some of those letters. There, there are some random sugyas, some random inyanim, but he talks about the Ramchal and the Chidosh Shaykhs of the Ramchal, which uh, you mentioned, mentioned Wishimayman. Wishimayman has a piece in Yeshurun a long time ago about this, but he mentions, you know, uh, uh, the Ramchal, Kuf Ramchal, where he talks about Yushab um, yeah. Sitzvi goes in there. Yeah, and Chubas uh, Basam Rashi has a little thing about. Yes. Um, he mentioned, what, oh, he also has something about Mitzvah Yishav Arts. I know Shneir Burton got very excited about that, another guest of the podcast. Um, Different, uh, just flipping through the letters, there's a tremendous amount of, of ideas you could get from them. Um, right, which is, which is very interesting. Again, he talks about Egos Ramchal, he talks about, he says, 
but he says in the first edition that there was uh, many mistakes. By the way, there's a new edition of that. And Besamim Reich, he says, uh, he goes through it. You know, the famous uh, forgery, Ashol Berlin, um, that claimed he attributed it to the rush. And he talks about maybe there was things for Rishonim, not Rishonim in there. It, again, it's very interesting. Like you said, besides for that, he talks about Anair Kavlin, Mitzvah Yishavari Yisrael, Yastam Ha'orah, Son Masech Um But again, there's there's a lot in here, a lot of fascinating letters from Rishonim Fisher, the base Yishai. And they, I can't believe you, you weren't going to take them. Come on. Yeah, but uh, I, I realized as soon as I realized what I was doing that it was a it was a silly thing not to take it. But and and I've gotten tremendous amount of feedback on those letters, so I'm, I'm glad that we did. Um, and then another, I, I reached out to a, a Talmud of Rishmol Arbach also, who I knew had a whole collection of letters. And, uh, and by some grace of God, he was uh, he agreed to give them to me. Um, he even edited them himself. Um, they were a big mitzvah. They ended up getting published in Yishurin also, but uh, the first showing was here. Um, but also some very beautiful letters and some important letters also there. Um, oh, there's another letter I want to point out, which is that um, we'll get to the Atlanta section in a few moments. But um, going through uh, the letters of, I guess I could say it here, by Harry Epstein, who was a, uh, a Talmud of Sabbat, who ended up becoming a conservative rabbi in Atlanta. But I was going through his files in Atlanta, and there was a letter, a very rare letter in his collection um, from the altar of Sabbat, written to his father, praising um, his, his prized Talmud. Um, and besides for the, the letter, there's also there's some tire in there as well. And there's not so many things in writing from the altar. So that's also printed in here. I thought that'd be an appropriate place to put it. Um, so, uh, and he, and he, he was related to Marsh Mordechai Epstein, right? The Rashivan. Uh, he was a nephew of Marsh Mordechai. Yeah, his see. father before Epstein was a, a brother. Marsh Mordechai was a Slavot, he was Hebron. He was a Slavot, yeah, yeah, right, both. Yeah. And, then, and this was all, he was also, Harry Epstein was in, was in Hebron also. So, so, um, that, so that letter from uh, from the Alto Slavot, that's, uh, this is the first time it's printed, never printed anywhere else. Yes, yeah, never printed anywhere else. Um, but definitely a rare letter. Um, and then, oh, so also just, we'll get to the archives and stuff, but. Once you get into basically Chavar to Chavar Islam, once you start working on one thing, then you know you get in touch with other people and people reach out. So I got a call from this fellow Shalom Jacobs, who who's, who puts out. Uh, I don't know if he's on the podcast yet, maybe he will be. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, but he puts out Rasiher Skrzynski from Omaha stuff. So he reached out something that he had a question about getting into the archives. But once I had him, I said, Do "You have anything from Rabbi Skrzynski?" So he sent me a, a Hadron Lizer Might. Uh, I think it's a nice shikul tarot. By the way, uh, Shalom Jacob, he has a lawyer with a, a massive uh, collection, I understand, and a major, uh, bibliophile major expert. He actually prints a lot of interesting svarim. A lot of times, they, I think they were just done one time and never done again, and he reprints them. I think he also works with Ali Zayas, yeah. uh, with Abishim Anowitz. And, and yeah, some of them are really interesting. But like you mentioned, the ones that are kind of are famous, with Yerush Grzynski was uh, related to Pcham Oizer. He's a rabbi in Omaha, Nebraska, a hundred years ago, I'm not remembering off the top of exactly when, and he, there's some very interesting, he put out a safer for him and Yai Nesach, he has some Ayadim, and I think he's planning on putting out more from him, very interesting. Again, besides yeah. for the other stuff, so as you mentioned, there is uh, a Hadron for say the Moyed in here from him. Yeah. So so that, and then I have Rabbi, Rabbi Forschlager from Baltimore was a name for Old Nary Israel to meet them and other people, they, they call him the, the guy in Baltimore, I think, uh, Tamana Avni Nazar. So uh, Rabbi Bergman, who puts out his form, also gave me something. And um, yeah, some other Nary Israel stuff. Um, I want to jump back to the to the to the contemporary stuff just because I want to mention a few things in the Agatha section. Um, well, first of all, in the regular section, I managed to get something from Emmanuel Feldman, the old Reverend Atlantis of Langezunt, um, and his son of Elon Feldman. Okay, so in the Agatha section, also just a few things that I think are, are worth mentioning. So Nachum Lansky may not be so well known, although he definitely should be. Um, he's a Magachirnei Israel, but that doesn't do justice to who he is. Um, Tremendous Tamachacham and uh, is a Bamachshava, maybe a Makobel. But so we have Shirim from him in 
Abadis Hashem, beginning of Chelik Al Shulchan Aruch, I'll be the Derech of the Gra, which is which is his one of his things. Um, so it, there's there's like very few things from print uh, from him in print at all um, in existence. So he was very gracious in letting this be printed. Um, then Rabbi Khan from Flatbush gave something, and then Rabbi Spurka, who's written a number of Svarim, which I think also should be more well known than they are. Um, we have some of his drashas, and then a number of other things that are noteworthy as well for the Agatha section. I, Rabbi Spurka, you should you know he's a major expert on the Ramban, and he has a yeah. beautiful edition of Sharagmul and other Svarim. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he, uh, yeah, there was another, there was another good pickup. Um, and then you also, you have, a, you know, a section of Torah from family members that you oh, put out. And right. also, I don't think we mentioned, once we're talking about the family members, you know, there has to be a section from uh, from you and from other family members to your father. You, you mentioned your father's biography, but you wrote a really nice, full kind of biography in front of the Sefer as well. Yeah. Okay, fine. So we'll talk about both of those. Um, I think it was Yasel Hausman at the, at the again to, I wasn't sure my father wasn't a public person, should I put a biography, should I not? He said, this is for him. Of course he should. So I, I, I put together a biography. I also just used the opportunity just because once I was doing this, I get, I did like some family background um, because I thought this was an appropriate place to do it. I'll just mention, I don't know how relevant this is to everybody listening, but one Matiya, a friend of mine called me a couple of days ago and I said, he said, I think this is the biggest Matiya you found, which is that my family came, the, the Ezreal, originally Israelski family came from a town in Poland called Gunyans. Um, the only relevant factor besides for us um, is that the rub of the town was the Sheriff of Nassim Bach logo from, from Lakewood. But um, there's very little known that we know about our family from there. Um, but uh, a couple months ago, a year ago, I was going through one of these online archives. I saw online that there was they digitized the entire Vada Yeshiva's records. And um, they had it organized by town, donors per town, who would give on, like, on a monthly basis, I think. And they would send it to the Rav, who would send to Chaim who distributed to the Yeshivas. And I, I found uh, a little listing for Ghanaian, which is this little town. And I just started looking down the list and I see five, six names down as my great, great grandfather, who we knew nothing about. We'd know if he was a firm or anything. Um, and very gratifying to know that uh, who he was, I mean, not who he was, but that he was a donor to yeshivas and uh, supported my sister of Tyra. So I, I include that as well. Um, so that was nice for the family to I, see. I guess, I guess it wasn't only Jenny Miller, Dovey. <laughs> right, right. Jenny, there's others. Um, and... Um, yeah, so then, so, so we have, I have the biography of my father at the beginning, um, goes through just generally, oh, and I know you once mentioned, right, I talked about my grandfather and his bris, I, I remember you were once interested in that story, um, my grandfather was born in Atlanta. A, a really fascinating story, yes, and we should really speak that out on the podcast. For those interested in early American history and the dynamic in these communities, so my grandfather was named Avram at his bris, and there's a little scruffle because they realized that the other, meaning he was named after his father's father, they realized that the other grandfather was still alive and was also named Avram. So I guess they weren't not going to do the chassid. Um, so they didn't know what to do. So Rabbi Geffen, who I think was the sandik at the bris, um, advised adding a second name, Avram Aryeh, um, which is what ended up happening, um, just due to that uh, omission of thought. Um, so that is, at the beginning, biography. Yeah, that's uh, and, uh, just gives a, a yeah a taste, a flavor of who my father was. I think it's well done. Yes, husband actually helped uh, edit and and uh, work on that with me. I'll say that that story is very interesting, and and just reading it, that story jumped out at me. So there are interesting things there as well. You shouldn't downplay, you know, those of us that like history and uh, listening to this Farm Chatter podcast probably like history. It's interesting to hear about a family in Atlanta and yeah. to hear about these stories. I think that's an interesting thing to I'll read. mention one other thing just because once we were talking about it and you're saying that it's interesting. So my father was a girl's school that opened up 20 some odd years ago in Atlanta called Tamima High School. So there's a meeting, a founding parents meeting or founding community members meeting and uh, trying to come up with a name for the school. 
and um, they, uh, they decide to open up a chumash. So they're flipping to the chumash, trying to think of names, and someone said, let's look in this week's Parsha's Vayikra. So my father looks up and he says, what about Nekeva Tamima? You know, I'll show him the carbonus that I mentioned in the, uh, in, in the Pusik. So I don't know if he said it in jest and in humor. I suspect he did. But either way, um, it's stuck. And the name of the school today uh, is a credit to him. So uh, that's mentioned in there as well. The school's name is Nekeva Tamima or just Tamima? Oh, sorry, just Tamima. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not Nekeva Tamima, although, right, I didn't say that right. Just Tamima. Make your checks out to Tamima High School. Well, but that, but his joke was Nekeva Tamima. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. right. So we got it. They, 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 they kept it to Tamima. Anyways. Yeah, so now we really should go to the other uh, the other Atlantic part. I think, which is, you know, really we spoke about a lot of fascinating things and maybe some things we didn't mention. But from one of the most fascinating things in the safe for, and we were just talking about uh, should you print it separately. But, of course, people listening to this podcast should buy the safe for all the interesting things. And there'll be a link in the show's notes to purchase it, and it's available in farm stores. But it, something called Terendroimus Mizrachis. You put in a Kuntris Yambidaram where you... Uh, let me actually say how you, you put in... It's kind of three parts. The main part is this fascinating Gitin controversy. If you're learning Gitin, this is relevant. Really uh, a fascinating um, controversy, which a lot of Gitin controversies uh, happen. Again, one of our uh, mutual friends, Rosalie Bornstein, is, you know, he always tells me Gitin, Ebenezer is like... You want to see fascinating stories? Open Chuvas say on Ebenezer. You'll see, like, the most fascinating Chuvas. So this is kind of a, a really... Uh, really interesting thing. And also, you also put in here a Kisser told us about Atlanta. So, uh, you know, a short bio on the bottom of Atlanta, which is very interesting. Um, and then as well as some uh, sorted letters, mainly of Rav Tovia Geffen, again, the Coke rabbi. By the way, we keep, we've mentioned that a couple times. We should just say that was because he was the rabbi Maxwell Coca-Cola and uh, purportedly, I mean, I think it's true, right? He was one of the few handful of people that knew the um, the recipe and the ingredient, the actual recipe for Coca-Cola. The ingredients, he had to know it to be the rabbi Maxwell. So it's like in the vault, but Rav Tovia Geffen knew it. And... Yeah, I made very little mention of the Coca-Cola only because it was very significant. But the man of the hundred years... And Coca-Cola was like one episode in his 60-year rabbit in Atlantis. I just wanted to bring out that he was a person beyond that. But definitely it was a significant uh, facet of his career. So, so let, let's talk about the, this country and also that you had help uh, from uh, Rabbi Moshe Berger, right? Is that his name? And he, he's, yeah. he's the one who uh, you actually just did a very nice piece of mishpacha about him and Rabbi Yudalevich. And Rabbi Yudalevich plays a big role in here. He's not, it's not, you know, it's not only, you know, surely again, we mentioned surely again, uh, so Mornstein has his piece on the Chalitza, uh, the raid bite on that, go listen to it. But there also is uh, more to base, Shuvah's base of his Shuvah's and his son, Rabbi Yud, as he uh, shortened his name to, Americanized his name to, he's a big player. It's between him and Rabbi Geffen. So let, I'll give you the floor to talk about this really fascinating getting controversy that erupted in Atlanta. Yeah. So, so like I mentioned before, I wanted to include something to do with the city of Atlanta in the Safer. And then I thought I'd also get something from Rabbi Geffen. Um, now, I thought I was going to get like one of these like Hadronim at the end of Masefta, something that like it would be nice to have and just as like to grace the front of the Safer, but wouldn't be something that would be that necessarily like more interesting. Um, so I, I went about trying to find things. I emailed, he has a grandson in Artisrael, someone named David Geffen, who was uh, very helpful in a number of ways for the Safer. And he... Uh, I, he was sending me different things. Nothing really seemed to add up. It was like half pieces of shtikloch and there wasn't any Dover Shalom that I could really use. Um, meanwhile, I happened to be browsing a safer. I, I forgot when this happened, but I was I, in BMT. They were selling this, this Chuvas Atze Basam, which is Rabbi Mendelssohn, Mendelssohn Ravik, who, uh, who is a Rav in Milwaukee. 
Um, he has a safer in the back. He has a kuntris on on Gitten and the names of the cities of Gitten. How to write them in, in Gitten. And in the back, he had like a little blurb for each city. I saw when it came to Atlanta, he had this, he had like two full paragraphs. So I read through it and I saw that there was some sort of controversy. He referenced that there was this machlaikas. He mentions that Rabbi Yudalevich has a tuv on it um, in the base Av, um, which I looked up. But again, it was missing a little bit of context. And I kind of made nothing of it. Um, I was talking to a very close friend of my father's, um, someone named Yangel Grimlet from Memphis. He's the son of Rabnata. And I mentioned that he happened to know this, who this Rabbi Yudalevich was. Um, because I, I had learned that Rabbi Yudalevich from New York had a son who was a rav in Atlanta, who had also recently discovered. And I was trying to figure out exactly who he was. Nothing to do with the Sefer. So he mentioned to me, he said, 40 years ago, I learned the Mary Yeshiva in Brooklyn. And there was a younger man there. It was a Bacher there. I'm a Bacher younger man. And he was obsessed with Rabbi Yudalevich. His name is Moshe Tzvi Berger. He said, if anyone knows anything about Yudalevich, he's the guy. So he gave me his number. And I called up Rabbi Berger. And I, I, I was on the phone with him for the next hour. And he just fascinated by this Rabbi Yudalevich, Yudalevich. And I said, there's some sort of controversy. I'm trying to piece it together because I saw Rabbi Sandrovitz mentioned it and the base off has a tshuva and Rabbi Geffen has a letter. But I, don't, I couldn't piece anything together. Meanwhile, David Geffen, like randomly, he would send me like random torrents of emails with sometimes with useful information, sometimes not. And he sent me a letter one day, part of a letter, which was addressed to Rabbi Yud. I'm sorry, it was the opposite. He sent me a letter from Rabbi Yud, which is addressed to Rabbi Geffen. It had his letterhead from Atlanta. And it was about this very gifted controversy, which I was trying to find out about. So I emailed him back and said, where did you get this from? He said, I just found this piece of paper. I don't know where the rest of it is. And uh, I'm like, okay, we're like stuck in the middle of this mystery. So we, I, I think I sent that letter to, to Ali Zayas just to see if they could, work, they could make it. I, I had never read Xaviat in my life before. And um, they started working on it. We were missing a lot of words and like, it was missing things. Then David Gaffin emails me and says, go check out the uh, AJHS, American Jewish Historical Society of Manhattan. We donated everything from my grandfather to, to that museum. And they have anything that would be of use. So I made an appointment. I went down there. I think it was still during like COVID or something. And I had to like wear a mask and body armor and stuff. And um, I went in there and there was like 30 boxes of Rebecca Geffen stuff. They said, you can only take out five boxes. You're not, I, I said, but I just had to look for something. They said, you're not going to have time for more than five, six boxes. So I went, I went to like 10 boxes. I couldn't find it. I, I made another appointment. I went again. And I knew that there was a folder that I was looking for. And after like an hour or so, I opened up this folder and like neatly stacked in this pile was about 10 letters of everything that I wanted. It was Rebecca Geffen and Rebecca Yud corresponding. And then a number of other chuvas. So we'll get to that. So let's jump in. So basically, we put together these letters. Um, Rabbi Berger went through most of them. We did it together. I would send it to him. Um, doesn't have an email or other easy modes of technology, but we managed to find people that could, you know, communicate between the two of us. We're trying to get him on the podcast, Mr. Shem. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not a simple logistical uh, feat. Um, so it's talk about this. So. Most of the most of the stories contained from the letters, but there's a little bit of a historical backdrop as well, which is basically Rabbi Geffen came to Atlanta in about 1910, 1910, 1911. He grew up in Kovna and he learned uh, he learned in the early Slavic Yeshiva and he had smicha from uh, I think Rabbi who was the son of Rabbi and some other I think the Ritzvah, some other notable Rabbanim. Um, and he came. He he had like a few short gigs in other places in America. Came to Atlanta. Um, he became the rabbi of the school called Sheret Israel, Sheret Yisrael. Sherat Israel had been a breakoff of a shul called A.A., Abbas Achim. And this shul had been founded, I think, in the 1880s. And uh, as, as, as the decades moved along, the early 1900s, they started becoming, I guess, what we'd call a little bit more modern. You know, the Rabbanim were starting to speak in English, and their general uh, culture became a little more Americanized. So this group of uh, older Balabatim in, in, in A.A. broke off to start Sherat Israel to kind of maintain and uphold the customs and the minhagim and the lifestyle that they had. Uh, you know, that they'd been accustomed to. So there's already a little bit of a tension between the shuls, A being the more modern shul, 
and, and Sheratizra being the traditional shul. Um, shortly after Rabbi Geffen comes to town, the AA hires this Rabbi Yud. Rabbi Yud came from England. It's not so clear um, exactly what his background is. He's the son of his esteemed father, Bavim Arnu Levis from New York. Um, he'd been in England. Um, he did learn in Valajan for a year. I found that either during or after printing the Sefer. Actually, I got a phone call from a guy in England who uh, put together a Sefer on the history of the Rabbanim in England. Um, he had seen this, and he had a little bit more information about Bayud after it printed. Um, but he um, he came, and he had a doctorate, and uh, and he was speaking in English, and he was trying to impress his congregants. And Rabbi Geffen was an old, yeah, I mean, it wasn't old, but a, a old-type European Jew who um, was trying to uphold. So meanwhile, someone comes to Bayud for a, for a get, and he writes out a get, and in the get, the, the halacha is that you write the river that's closest to the city, that, that sustains the city, um, the water needs of the city. You include that in the name of the city on the get. Um, the Chattahoochee River at the time ran about seven miles north of the city. It was, I think by all standards, it was, it was outside of the perimeter of the city. And the custom had been from before Rabbi Geffen got there that they would not include the name of the Chattahoochee on the, on, on the Gitten. Rather, they would do what uh, what Allah says. You write Ame Mayanas, Ame Baris, which is basically um, reservoirs and, and other uh, means of water sources. Um, and Rabbi Yud, without consulting with Rabbi Geffen and presumably without being aware of the precedent in the city, he wrote either the Yasfa Ame Chattahoochee, I think it's an Indian name, by the way, um, or he wrote Pitsad Chattahoochee, but either way, it wasn't in line with, with A, with the Minuk, and B, um, Rabbi Geffen f- thought that this was halakhically wrong. The Ramah, right, so it starts with the Beis Yosef, my limited knowledge of the Sugi, the Beis Yosef brings a machlekes between the Kolboi and uh, the Rashbar of Shimshon ben Avram, whether or not, if you have a city where the river is outside the city, but the, but the city is still sustained by the water from the river, would that warrant including the river in the name of the city or not? So the Kolboi says it does. You could include it, and it's a kosher get. And the Rashbah, who the Beis Yosef Haskins like, says you don't. And the Ramah Paskins in Shulchan Aruch, that you, you do not include it. And if you do, he, and he, he brings the Yesh Arim that if you, if you include the wrong name of the river, or the name of the wrong river, or the river mistakenly, so the Geddes Pasal feel the Evid. So Rebbe said, the Ramah says, Beferish, that the Geddes Pasal the Evid, the city is well beyond, the, the river is well beyond the city. It's not a cause for Ged. Um, and uh, this began a very contentious debate between both Rebbe and Rebbe Yud. Rebbe tried to defend himself by saying, first of all, that he had to say for Nachas Shiva. Uh, maybe Nachas knows who wrote the Nachas Shiva and when it was printed. You could give that to us or not. Um, we'll get to that. Um, and, and according to Nachal Shiva, Nachal Shiva has this whole arichas where basically he paskins like the Kolba, not like the Ramah, and says that it's kosher. Rebbe says, we have the Ramah, you don't need to come up to Nachal Shiva. So why are you getting involved? And, 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 and why are you making problems? He says, it's not a Bidyeva case. We could get another get. We have a present to the city. So if you make a new get, you're going to be much laws in the previous get in the city. So there's no reason for this whole ruckus. And Rebbe continues to, to defend himself uh, very contentious debate. It's worth reading just for the uh, excitement of it. Uh, but another interesting story that Rabbi Yud presents is that the um, the Waterworks office, which is located by the river, has a local Atlanta area code for when you call it. So there's no long-distance charge. He says if there's no long-distance charge, Vaisais, it's still considered part of the city. And halakhically as well, you could consider this part of the city, Lagabi And again, Rabbi, Rabbi Geffen refused this and says that this, this is matters of Asia's this, um, this isn't the way we paskin. And... Um, I'm some of the letters. I can't do justice to saying them over, but that's the that's the basic debate. But meanwhile, they both seek backup. So Begevin mentions one of the letters that he's going to um, he's going to try to seek opinions of other abanim, and if he gets a few abanim to agree with him, then he insists that Rabbi Yud uh, retract the get and issue a new get. So um, 
this is a lot of this is piecing things together, but um, there's a journal Yagel Torah, which was put out originally in Slutsk, and I think it, it eventually continued in New York. Um, and there's a letter that Rabbi Geffen writes to this journal, presenting the Shiloh, giving the case, and asking for Abanam to to present their uh, to present their shitas, their, their opinions. So the interesting thing is that this journal wasn't printed until several years later, which was a little bit confusing when we were going through the sugi because why would, you know, this took place in, in 1914. Why would Rebbe be writing in, I think it was 1918, 1919? Why is this appearing then? So we discovered then, I forgot whose discovery this was, I think Ellen Mary Cohen actually, um, that the journal transplanted from Europe to America and for about five years it wasn't in print. So in all likelihood, Rebbe Gevin sent in this, this uh, submission in 1914, Bishas Meissen, and then it only got printed several years later. And uh, at which time he got a bunch of tuvas. So there's a lot. There's a bunch of letters um, that were in response. So one of the big rabbanim in America at the time, Avram Gershon Lesser, was the chief rabbi of Cincinnati, one of the founders of Agudas Rabbanim. Um, he wrote a tuva. His tuvas are interesting. At first, he says I'm very old and I can't, um, I, I can't really look into the sugya. But he writes a second letter and he says, I just received a copy of Aruch Hashulchan. So apparently, the Aruch Hashulchan on Evan Ezer had just arrived. I don't know exactly when it was printed, not that long before, but he had just gotten in Cincinnati. And the Ark Shulchan actually says that you can follow what Rabbi Yud says, which is as long as the water is sustained by, as long as the city is sustained by the water, you can you can include that in the get. Um, that's his issue. But then you have Revelo Margolis, who's famous for his butcher battles, amongst other things, but another one of the major Rabbanim in America. He um, he encourages Rabbi Geffen not to cave and, and to hold strong. And um, it seems that there was maybe a little bit of tension with all these Rabbanim and Rabbi Yud. Rishon Khan Yafi also was a rabbi, I think, in St. Louis. He was a Rishon Wayu for a little bit. Um, he also writes a long tshuva supporting Rabbi Geffen. Um, so we printed all these letters. There's another, there's a rabbi in, in Kentucky, Usher Lipman Zarhi. Um, that's all on Rabbi Geffen's side. And that's, I mean, these are tshuvas commissioned by Rabbi Geffen to support himself. Uh, meanwhile, there's a tshuva, like we mentioned before, there's a tshuva in the base Ab that Rabbi, Rabbi Yudalevich writes to his son supporting his son. It's interesting, if you go through the tshuva well, and I think we tried to highlight some of these parts, he does disagree in theory with what Rabbi Yud is saying, although there's another problem. I think there's a cherem of Rabbi Tam, which is challenging a get that's already written. That Rabbanu is supposed to respect the get once it's written, he shouldn't uh, be ma'ar on it. So he says, you know, he directs very strong words towards Rabbi Geffen for challenging his son's get. And he says in the future, he shouldn't continue to do this. In the future, just write, Amei Mayonoth, Amei Baris. But he says, that it's kosher for the Eved and, and you should be saying on it. After printing this letter, after printing the whole Sefer, um, so we discovered that the letter that Rabbi Yud wrote to his father is actually printed in Rabbi Berger's recent edition of the Tshuva's Beisav. So you could see his perspective, the way he's presenting the Shiloh. He doesn't add any real new details, but you got a perspective from him. It does seem like it was a mistaken assessment on his part. He didn't realize that there was a precedent and he didn't realize that this had been passed on already, but he did definitely hold strong to his Shita afterwards. Um, another thing I found in the um, in the college in Cincinnati, Hebrew Union College archives, um, I, I reached out to them because one of the previous rabbanim in Atlanta, Yosef Mayer Levin, who had been the rav in in Rabbi Yudshul prior to him, he uh, they had I called them up. I said, "Do you have his files?" They said, "We don't have any files. We just have a couple. Get them from him. Nothing of major interest." I said, "But that's exactly what I want." So I said, "Please, could you send, you know ask them for for a scan of one of the gitten?" And um, the lady on the phone. She's a Talmud Chacham too, I think. But she said, uh, she's a reform woman. She said, she said, it just looks like a regular get. I said, I know, just do one line. And Taka was, so it says over there, Amei Mayanos, Amei Bar. So this is from like 1906 or something, several years before this happened. We see that the president was established at least by 11, maybe before him. But um, that's something that was discovered afterwards. But um, basically this entire debate is included, all the letters. Rabbi Berger insisted that I print also the Nachla Shiva. Um, 
just so people could, uh, you know, could learn of the sugya, not just to read the hack over here, but to actually go through it and see what he says. Um, so that's all included with some, you know, pictures of the letters also. It's cool to see the Atlanta letterhead on some of these letters. Um, that is the basic gist of this Machlechus. Yeah, so, so a lot of really, some fascinating stuff there. And like you're saying, you, you now, you, we can, you know, we can talk about it. First of all, this is fascinating. It's almost, you know, almost it's worth the price of admission alone. But, I, you know, I was telling you before, I think you should rework this, add more stuff, add a facsimile of that get, add more biography. There's a lot more you can add and reprint this as its own uh, work um, later, perhaps. Uh, so first, we mentioned that Hashem, the Talmud of the Taz. Uh, there's a beautiful new three-volume edition. Uh, it's actually the third Madura of it. Shmuel Levi Segel, he was a rav in Ashkenaz, he was in Ashkenaz, Poland, and I believe he was in Ashkenaz in Germany. Uh, so it's a very important Sefer Shnaris, it's Chuvis. Yeah, so it's very, you know, you can get it the three volumes uh, now, the new edition. Um, but, but like, you know, first of all, what you did before each one is I like to call it on the podcast a number of times the Art Scroll Gray Box you have in the, in the front of each letter giving the basic bio of each one of these Rabbanim. You have a nice overview at the beginning of this uh, Kuntris in the back, you have a nice, that, uh, that you put together right burger you have a nice uh, kind of overview of the whole sugya but some of this stuff is just uh, amazing to read the sharf guide between the two rabbanim uh back and forth you know that's also yeah. some old time uh yeah y- you know if you write to me again i'm going to burn it before you before i read it so don't even bother um, right, even you talked in the beginning, you know, classic. You know, forgive me for writing these things to you because you know, you know what Chazal say. But if there's a Chil Hashem, you don't give covered, you don't give honor to the Rav. I'm trying to give, uh, you know, to the Kavratar. Then he writes back. So then Rabbi Yud writes back to him. He says, Larry, you, know, you said you didn't see Nachal Shiva. You know, some of those letters are missing, but you can parse it out. Larry, you know, in Iraya, just because you didn't see it, Nachal Shiva is not a riot or anything. You want to see the truth? Which is great, a great pun. My, my, my house is not Beverly I have the Nachal Shiva at home. You don't want to just am hack, right? You want to know the halacha. Let me know what time you want to come over. I'm looking forward and we'll talk about it, Mr. Shem. He write, and he writes this to me, and they're like writing letters across the city. I don't know, you, you know Atlanta more than I, we, we, how, they couldn't have been that far from each other. Where, yeah, but so, but yeah. then, he, then he writes him, then, then he finishes off the short letter. I'm very busy. There's people sitting in front of me right now. Have a nice day. I gotta, I gotta move on over here. Yeah. He, write, he writes back. Yeah, the other day, Regeffen writes, he says, this morning I was so troubled last night by what you told me. He said, right after I ate breakfast, I got into the car. I'm told that means the street car, not a regular car. And he, I went to the river to see how far it is. And he says, it's still seven miles away and it's not it's not near here. Um, that definitely doesn't deserve mention. Um, yeah. And, and then, yeah, and they go through, you know, like you said, this is the old time. The water company, the uh, they're fighting about the water company and, and like you're saying um, um, it's it's you know then, then Rabbi Yud writes back to him by the way later on so that that first letter the one I quoted Rabbi Yud writing was Yoim Beis was Yoim Beis he just said and then he writes back to him Yoim Talas yeah, he has right? some cute uh so coupons, they said some cute, uh, what do we call it? 
Um, um, he says, uh, he says, I waited for you the whole day yesterday and today. Maybe you come to my house. Like I asked you, lyricist, to see the truth. You don't care to know the Allah. You just want to make fights. One who says the, the true din. That's why there was a real fight going on in the same city, like you said. And there, Rabbi Geffen has a lot of chuvas in here that he writes to a lot. You know, he's writing that. You know, I don't want to only portray one side. He's yeah, yeah, just very. Real sharp writers, real old time. You see, it's a real good schmack, even when not even the longest. You're just reading this these letters, and you're like, uh, you know, you get a good. Uh, yeah. Even at, even Rabbi Yudalevich's letter in his tshuva, there's a line. I think it might have been highlighted. Um, he says about the geffen baikig bayer asher loyra iris miyamov. You know, um, just complaining about this Rabbi geffen. Um, um, and the sharp guy ran in the family. Rabbi Yudalevich, I think Kayadua was very sharp in his letters. And his son definitely uh, 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 had that as well. Yeah. Um, I was trying to pull out something from one of Rabbi Geffen's letters, and he's writing to Rabbi Lester, um, who, who, as you mentioned, um, was, uh, Lester, she writes to him, I also put together many gitten. Many cities there. They were they were accepted. They, they were very happy with these gitten. Before me gave many gitten. Like you said, you write it, uh, you know, because of the 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 buyers, you know, the local whatever is here, not. Of the, of the river, Anglit. He writes it out. To a river, Anglit, seven miles, English miles, English miles, meaning American, you know, miles. It's not, it's not here. And he goes through. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, you know, really interesting back and forth. It's a, a fascinating thing to read. Yeah, uh, just an interesting speculation about the whole thing is that um, <laughs> part of me wants to say that the reason that Rabbi Geffen was so hesitant to include Chad Hucci and the get. It's just the difficulty of coming, uh, figuring out how to spell it, um, which would have been a, a tremendous challenge in its own right. So definitely an easy way out is to, um, again, Chashom. Obviously, there was a, a major sugi here, but uh, that's an interesting thing as well. If you want to jump ahead to just the, I mean, the, the question of contemporary Gittin in Atlanta, which is today, obviously the city is much bigger. And um, it seems that the city basically pushed up against the river. Um, so the question is, so I, I asked a number of the people that deal with the Gittin today. You just want to go at the letters? Now keep going. Uh, keep going. <laughs> a number of the people. So there's. So I called him Emmanuel Feldman, who uh, he for several decades was doing the gittin himself. Um, so he told me that back in the seventies, somebody confronted him and said, "You know that we're, we're on the river now. You got You got to change the gittin." So he called up. He said he called his father, who was the person that Ruderman relied on for gittin, and his father told him that you keep doing the way you were because again you're going to be my iron the get on the on previous gittin, and uh, that's a, a Shmuel Kashkaran, who's the rub there today, the Sfardi rub who does the gittin. He said that that's what he heard from Rabbi Greenblatt. Um, Rabbi Sandra Ravik also said that. Um, so the, the consensus is that these things don't change, despite the fact that um, the river definitely is close enough to the city to be counted as part of the city at this point. 
Yeah, and just to Rav Shalom Alchanan Yafi wrote a letter to Rav Gifin, and he says, They bring it with the pipes. It doesn't mean it brings it. If they bring it, you bring it, and you take it, and you you know you put in buckets, and you bring it on the horse, you put it on the train. They're going to bring the water from wherever. They're going to have to ride in the get. You know, anyway, we're not really going through this. Again. Just putting out like the sharp guys. Also, it's also interesting to see this is like the technology going on. They have the phone, the water company, yeah. long distance calls. They're putting on the train. It's a, it's very interesting to read like this kind of early American fight. And did you see what year this was? Nineteen fourteen. Yeah, so real, uh, real early twentieth uh, century. And, and again, it's a re- it's a really fascinating parsha. Well worth um, checking out. So, um, and then there's a, there is a facsimile of one letter of Rabbi Geffen and one letter of Rabbi Yu that you can see their handwriting. And then, uh, and then you included the uh, history, the, the short bio with pictures yeah, of I, the of them, of the Matsevis, of newspapers, of the bottom of Atlanta. Yeah, I just want to add one thing, just because it's a cute line. Um, I was trying to figure out. I want to put a separate contrast in the back of the safer about the Gitten in Atlanta. So I was trying to think of what what kind of name could capture this. Um, so I was asking Shmuel Shayafi again. You know, he said, what's the Shiloh? So I said, it's a, it's a get in Atlanta um, about the river. So he thinks for a minute and he says, Yam Bidarm Girasha. The plan, the Pasuk of Yam Bidarm Girasha. So we shortened it, just called Yam Bidarm. And the entire section is called Karen Dermis Mizrachis. And right, like you mentioned, so we went through the Rabbanim in Atlanta in the back, the Ziknidarm. Um, I do think it's important to know, like, there was a, there's like this, I mean, as someone that comes from the city, like, we have a tremendous history. Um, a number of Chasher Rabbanim there. Um, who, who, who went through the city. Um, a number of Sabbat alumni as well, which could get uh, Davi and Yehuda excited. They could do an article about that. Um, you know, uh, some of the names became famous. Rebukhanasi Guterman was, the, was a famous rabbi in Scranton for like 50, 60 years. Um, Geffen obviously is famous. And Reveal um, <clears throat> Mayor Levin, I think he had a famous brother in Minneapolis and he was in, he was in Atlanta for a little bit. Um, a lot of them put out svarm, chashva svarm. Uh, one of them had a hespid. Oh, Rabbi Levin has a safer with a hespid on the uh, on the on the victims of the Titanic, and on Herzl. Someone just came over me in Shul a few days ago and was upset that I mentioned that, but uh, he mentioned it because in a safer. Um, so that's the that's the section in the back. Oh, and and after the biographies of the Rabbanim, we also have just a number of assorted letters that came from, mostly from the archive of Rabbi Geffen. Um, things which were uniquely interesting, um, just correspondence with different Rabbanim. Um, notably, his correspondence, his brother-in-law was Rav Chaim Telzer, uh, their Shiva and Tells in Lita. Um, so he has a bunch of letters from him about the Yeshiva, fundraising for the Yeshiva, and also from his son, Bezreel Rabinowitz, who was um, who was killed uh, in the war. And there's very little bit in writing from him. It's not terror letters, but it is, um, you know, about the family and different things about the Yeshiva. Um, might be the only thing in print from him. So it's nice that that's included as well um, in the safer. Okay. So okay. I yeah, there's there's really uh, I'm sure there's more to talk about that we did not uh, get to, but it's a really fascinating uh, safer with a lot of really interesting you know different Tyra manuscripts. This this given controversy, I, you know, when I remember reading it, is really interesting to go to look at and to go through. Um, and there's you know there's just a lot there's a lot in here. Like I said, it's 600 pages, a big safer. So uh, um, I think it's already the second printing, right? I don't know how many more printings there's going to be. So if you want a copy, yeah. you should. I'll put a link in the show's notes. Mizrahi has them. Vigla has an edit. Farm Source edit. It's available, right? Yeah, mostly by Mizrahi now. 
Um, I just want to add a few things. So just, uh, yeah, Barksha, we did a second printing. Just, you know, I was out of copies. Um, I didn't print a ton the first time. Just some basic corrections in the second one, but not so significant. Um, I just remember, uh, just the Sefer in general, again, it doesn't cover a specific topic. There's lots of things, and I think there's something for everybody. There's halacha, machshava, lambdas, um, history. Um, I, I called a certain Rosh Hashiva. I was trying to get a shtickle from him for the Sefer. And he asked me what I'm doing. I said, it's a Sefer Zikar. And he started telling me, he said, you know, Sefer Zikar really have no purpose because you can't use it for anything. And like every sugi you learn. And I said, I hear you. I said, but, you know, this is the only way I can do it. But I happen to uh, humbly disagree. Like, I think, first, it's an excellent Nashing Sefer. Um, I know Bezmanim's and Shul, people bring the Shul and um, people enjoy reading it. And so there's like, there's really something for everybody in there. Um, I met a few, you know, since, you know, Baruch Hashem, a lot of positive feedback from the Sefer. Um, people didn't expect the Sefer to come out like this, and myself included. Um, but if, just a few different things I mentioned. I, I saw C. Berkowitz from Nari Stolt Rebbe, my father, at, at a chasana a few months ago. And I, I asked him if he saw the Sefer yet. And he looked at me and he said, I read the Sefer, Mitchilasai Bat Saifai. Um, which was nice to hear. And um, yeah, something which, which was very special for me to hear, Nachum Lansky, I mentioned before, again, America's Hidden Treasure. I brought him a copy of the Sefer. And in a way that only Nachum could say, he looked me in the eye and he said, your father deserves this. And uh, to me, I think made the entire project worth it. Uh, Baruch Hashem. And uh, I hope it should be, it should be a schus and, and a cover to my father. And um, I hope people learn it, people enjoy it. And I, I'm welcome. I welcome any horrors and feedback and ideas for other projects. Um, definitely enjoy working on this. And um, yeah, thank you very much, Nachi, for hosting this. So I will. Uh, I'll, I'll link uh, to to the safer, and I'll also link your email. I'll link. I'll put your email if you want people uh, any horrors. And I, I want to mention, like you said, it should be a zecher, the lishmas of your father, Rabbi Israel, Rabbi Yitzchak Israel. And his uh, yard site is uh, soon Chai Menachem Av, so this is Yud Chasav. Chai Av. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this should be Aschos Fiz Neshama. And thank you for joining me once again on the podcast now that, uh, again, once again, because you were on anonymously once, but uh, thank you again. It should be Zechon Neshama. Thank you, Nachem. Thank you.